Do you think it scares the guinea pigs seeing them hanging from the tree? I don't think the guinea pigs really care about anything. <laughs> They're not the smartest of animals, but I don't feel like you're giving them they are the tastiest. Though. You don't want to acknowledge their existence, Steve? No, <laughs> we want our audience savoring at the mouth. It's like, I want a bite of those guinea pigs, dude. Dude, you've been like on a cannibal streak lately. I am not a guinea pig, my dude. Hello. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> Wait, what? You said a cannibal streak. I'm not a I'm not a guinea pig. How's that cannibalism? I feel like I I didn't know you were not a guinea pig. <laughs> I did. <laughs> like I'm flabbergasted. Welcome to the Ride Around Podcast, a chance to step away from our own notebooks and into another's. My name is Steven, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Kate and Julie. Kate, what are we talking about today? We're talking today about character development. All right, so we want like we're gonna focus a lot on our main characters, kind of like you know how do we make them? What can we do to give them depth? And we're gonna kind of introduce a few of the characters that we've built in our own creative writing processes, just so you know you get an idea of what we can fall back on and talk about. We're gonna talk about some side characters as well and how we develop them. Julie, did I miss anything? <laughs> That was excellent. Excellent. Yeah, very good. Very good. So the first thing we're going to go into is we're just going to give a little synopsis of um, what character we're going to be referring to throughout this, just so we can all be on the same page with that. I guess we'll start with Steve. Tell us about yeah. one of your characters. Um, I'm actually interested producing two characters to talk about. I've kind of alluded to them in the past, but we're going to go into more depth into their creation and their uh, development. The first one is the unnamed mysterious adventurer who finds himself suddenly suspended in the void of space, compelled to explore to his heart's content. Um, the other one is Rio Duvac. He is a curious man set in the distant future who is trying to uncover parts of society's long lost history. Julie, uh, what do you have for us? Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about um, my character, Altrana. So she is in a kind of futuristic, like post-apocalyptic type of world where it's kind of split up into four factions, the country she lives in. Um, so she kind of is just um, strong fighter. She's trying to like take down the system of the factions and everything. So we're going to be following her who she's working on the inside to take the whole thing down. So that's kind of her. Uh, so Kate, who do you got? I like that name a lot, by the way, Julie. Ultronas, that's pretty, that's a solid name. It's Thank pretty you. good, it's pretty good. Thank you. Um, so I'm gonna be talking about Kevin Briggs. A, he's just taking place in my, my horror novel, which I'm calling like The Buzz. Um, family man, you know, loving wife, Harmony Briggs, four children. You know, great life, great job with like, you know, a dark side being he doesn't know it yet, but is a serial killer. Um, so we're going to kind of dig into his like lack of empathy and kind of how his actions, even though he hasn't really followed through on some of those urges, have caused like turmoil throughout his whole family. <laughs> I'm also going to I have a cough that is going to happen every once in a while this episode. We'll power through it. It's That's COVID okay. season, everyone, you know, had yeah. some casualties to the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen my roommate in a while. I'm not worried. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So with that all as our intro there. So we're gonna, the first question we got is, what's kind of your process for making your main character in a story? And we're going to start with Kate on this one. All right, awesome. So just like going into a story, I think in general, I think of the idea for the story before I really think about the characters. Um, it, I kind of have like some like George R. R. Martin inspiration, I guess, from like in like the Game of Thrones saga, every chapter takes place from the point of view of a specific character. <clears throat> and I like that a lot. Like I'll start and it'll be like all from the point of view of like Kevin Briggs. And chapter one is just like how he sees things. Like he might interact with some of the other characters who are going to have portions that are like from their point of view. But during his chapter, it's like just from his eyes. So. I kind of, I thought of the idea of the story, which is kind of like that, talked about the last episode, it's like that micro view of like an apocalypse. So the apocalypse just for a single family. Picture like the story, and then I try to develop characters and see how they can fit in that story. So general idea, like the, I guess the base outline for it. Yeah, I know like your story is like specifically focused around like uh, serial killer, which are typically like um, psychopathic. Was there like was that kind of like the driving point of like it being from the point of view of like a very unique point of view? I'm assuming you're not a psychopath, so was it like kind of like a challenge? You're like, how can I make like a point of view that's so unique that'll be like compelling? Yeah, I think for that character, like he is definitely like the main character of the book. Like most of the time, you're going to be seeing from his point of view, but I think he's also probably like. Like, he's the bad guy of the book. Like, you're not really, you're not supposed to like him. An anti-hero, yeah. Exactly. But I think, like, the other characters are the real, like, almost, like, focus of the book. Like, you want to see more of, like, the side characters, which are, like, his wife, his kids, and, like, basically, how are they impacted by, like, the actions that Kevin does. So, I think... Yeah, it's definitely weird because, like, it's how do you write for a serial killer? Like, you have, like, you know, shows, documentaries, and stuff that you can watch to kind of get an idea for, like, existing ones. Yeah. Um, and I think there definitely, like, is some inspiration from that that I've, like, kind of seen. Like, they're interesting stories. But it's, it's tough. Like, it's how, how do you, like, properly convey it? And you just sometimes I think I'll, like, try to read things out loud after I write it. And, like, see, like, you know, like, if he has dialogue, like, read the dialogue and say, like, I don't want it to be, like, filled with emotion, because it shouldn't be filled with emotion. Like, it should be, like, pretty dry and to the point. Like, yeah. he's meant to be a pretty analytical guy. Right. Um, like, like, a brilliant, like, business mind, and has been able to do, like, pretty well for himself. Um, and hasn't even, like, contemplated the idea that, like killing could be something that brings him satisfaction and he kind of finds that later so he's like i guess a psychopath up until this part like yeah right and is there like a kind of is like i'm assuming we might talk about this more as we go into development and whatnot but while you're creating like this character do you find that find issues like making it at the same time like he's like almost like robotic at the same time trying to avoid it being like too unlike relatable like because like the reader still has to somehow 
relate to like the protagonist? How do you like do that balancing act? Yeah. So one thing I'm trying to like develop is I want like, <clears throat> so he's suppressed this like his whole life. Like he's probably, I don't know, I'd say like 45 or something in the story. Um, maybe like 50. So he's lived his whole life, like not really knowing that that's something that he likes. So I think he would have developed like uh, almost like an act, like a way that he thinks he can, this is how I'm supposed to behave. So no, he can like fake emotion or something like that. So then I got to try and see, can I portray like faked emotions? Like, I guess like Dexter is a good show that I enjoyed a lot that like, there's a lot of scenes where he actually like, you know, gives monologues into that, which is kind of cool. Yeah, sounds like it'd be like a great inspiration. Good show. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, <laughs> I not Dexter. Well, I was going to watch it. It's when, like this happens a lot, where people are like, "Oh, the show's great," and then like it progresses, and they're like, "And eh, you can hold off." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's worth a watch, but like the first four seasons, top tier. Gotcha, gotcha. Stop after that. I actually heard it's coming back for another season. But I can't stop a show once. Like, I if I know it ends badly, I'm like, eh, whatever, you know. <clears throat> well, maybe if they redo this next season, it'll be worth it. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Nine now, seasons to catch up on. The right. Kevin's Brig story, I'm assuming, will end way more satisfying than Dexter for all those out there waiting in anticipation for the buzz. For horror, I'm not a fan of happy endings in the horror. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like oh this like horrible ghost has plagued our family's home forever. And then like but with peace and love we were able to send it to the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like no, that's not how it works. Garbage. So I I got some pretty cool ideas for how I want to develop the buzz. Um there's like a whole bunch of like twists and shit. I don't know. Not not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right now, the main focus is Kevin Briggs and his atypical personality and whatnot, which is a a great basis to kind of like start off a character. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I just kind of like because I get the the because how I'm going to write it, I'll be able to write from his point of view. So like how he thinks about things, but then also from other characters' point of view, like about him. So you kind of see, like, how do other characters think about him? Um, mm. And, like, you know, his family and everything, like, that's, like, their dad or yeah. you know, her husband. Um, so it's been a lot of fun writing so far. Like, it's pretty easy to kind of just go through because, like, the family, I think, that I developed, like, has a lot of ties to each other and all, like, have their own problems and everything. I'll probably yeah. talk a little bit about some of them as like side characters later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Awesome. Anyone want to introduce another character for us? Um, yeah, I'll go. Um, so, yeah. So I kind of would say I am a little similar to you um, in that I think of the plot for a story first, and then I kind of think about what kind of character would fit into that plot. So to use um, Autrana as an example, so I thought of the plot with the factions and everything, and I said, okay, so if the plot is going to be, you know, she's trying to overthrow this big, you know, organization that doesn't treat people well, 
um, you know, it's going to be somebody who is uncompromising. Like I just thought of traits, uncompromising, strong, like um, strategic, things like that, that would make sense for somebody who has that goal to be. So that's kind of like the first step in creating a character um, for me. And then once I kind of get that part down, then I kind of go back and think, okay, like what I think about the backstory next. So I'll say, okay, so what would have happened to this character to get them to be in this place right now where they want to overthrow, you know, the, the world that they live in. And so I kind of just go through it like that and think about it in terms of the plot. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the general idea for Autrana, just kind of around that. Yeah, and I feel like kind of going back, like both you and Kate said, like it's like plot, and then it's like the character. Um, like, like we haven't really obviously like seen like the full plot of it, but the idea of like the kind of antagonist, like the person who's like kind of set up against like a crumbling society and whatnot, like kind of like going against like an oppressive like world is like very common so like i'm sure like once you have like that idea we talk about it more but like you like throw in like unique aspects into like that character like do you have any like would you have anything like specific that you can think of for that for, like a tron specifically yeah can i can i try and like jump into just real quick to add on to that question like yeah. I, i'm just like thinking of um do you think there's any like i don't know if you guys read a lot but i wonder how many books actually start with like the character was the inspiration. Yeah. I just feel like that's probably not very common, but uh I think I think uh from what I've read, that is it is pretty common. Think so? Um yeah, I I know like for me I have some stories where I don't even have like the full story, but I'm like, oh, this is like a cool character idea. I not the ones that I have today, but I do have ones like that. But um the ones I'm talking about, like the ones Julie, like Atrana, like, you know, like I think plot is like like I think it's probably like a, probably like chicken and egg situation because like as like you develop the character, um, they kind of like mold, since they're such like a powerful force, they probably mold the world around them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I try to not make it the same as like every because there's other. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah, there's exactly. That, like, fa- you know, like faction mm-hmm. systems and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think I try to make her very like she kind of just changes like i don't want to get into the development part too much. yeah i guess that the was the more of a development question than anything like, develop yeah. A lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like she changes a lot so i think like um yeah like it's also she's also kind of a product of her environment which um i'll talk about more when we go into the developing a character but like in the beginning when she's in like this oppressive like faction that she's in She's very much a product of that. So I take into account like the setting as well when I'm thinking about her mm-hmm. like personality. Like if she's in a situation where she's like oppressed and she is it's very violent. So she has to be like kind of like cold to other people and like she, she has to like be out for herself kind of thing. But um, but then as her environment changes, it also changes. But yeah, so kind of like the setting also plays a part for me as well in mm-hmm. like what like what traits and personality i have for the character yeah and did you find yeah. there was ever like an inverse of that like she's in a specific faction in overall society like this the faction can be like a smaller like microcosm more focused on like that character have you found that like you probably had like okay oppressive faction you developed the character of atrana did you then kind of like did that kind of influence the way that this specific faction was oppressive as to put like like their levels of cruelty what like 
tools they kind of display that through. Did you find like the faction preceded like a Tron or was it the other way around? Um, yeah. So I think like the way I wrote her is like, she's like purposefully a very strong like fighter and she was a strong fighter like before she even started in the faction. And then she was kind of like taken in kind of because they were like, Oh, we the, one of the people that was already in the faction was like, Oh, we know what we heard of this, you know, person who isn't in a faction right now. And they like sought her out and they kind of like forced her to join. So the faction kind of like then proceeded to like use her for like her fighting abilities and like to oppress other people. Cause that's how mm, the okay. set up. So yeah, I think it's kind of all related. Like, She's oppressed, but then she's kind of in a way oppressing other people because she's even a part of the faction. Gotcha. So yeah, I think it goes both ways for her. Yeah. It's a cool basis of like she isn't like so I guess like from what you're saying, like she isn't necessarily like in the beginning, like from the get-go, this is Gal Gotta come coming down. Is maybe like her eyes, like we'll probably talk about this more in development, but like as the story progresses, like she becomes someone who's like maybe we should kind of fight against the system instead of like perpetuated or whatever. Well, I think she, so like she, no. So the way the plot works for this story, she never liked it. Like she wasn't in the factions originally. Yeah. But like, if you're not in a faction in this world, it's kind of like, like desolate kind of in the other areas that are. I see. So like, she kind of was just like doing whatever she had to do to survive kind of thing. And that's how she got strong. And then is it like wasteland, like apocalyptic yeah, kind of feel? Kind yeah. of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, or at least like rundown, like very poor, kind cool. of like poor town kind of thing. So um she um never liked the factions. And then when the factions approached her, the other character, um our her name is RL, she um told she was like, Oh, come join this <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like naming. It's one of my favorite things. I do have a question about that for the papyrus minute or whatever. So off the papyrus, okay. yeah. Um, so she never liked the factions, and then they said, "Oh, come join us. You're strong. We want you to come to our faction." And then she was like, "No, I, you know, I hate factions. No, absolutely not." Mm-hmm. And then RL was like, "Well, why don't you join us and then do whatever you want? If you want to try and go up the ranks and take it, like you know, destroy us, like you have at it." Because at oh, the time, RL was oh, like, "You can't do that. Like you're one person. How are you going to take down? You know what I mean?" Yeah. So she kind of always hated it. And then was like, actually, maybe I will do that. So that's kind of like why she joined because she was like, if I can't take them down from the outside because this is a wasteland, maybe I'll try it this way. And that's kind of how she got like involved in the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I had a little aspect of like, take us down, I dare you. Hold on, wait, what is she doing? Right, right. <laughs> like, you can't do it. She's yeah. Like, oh, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I'm glad I thought of that. Right, right. <laughs> that's really funny. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Julie, you think, um, could you give me an example like of one of the factions? Because I feel like, like, are they like culturally ba- based factions? Like, yeah. So like, yeah. So the way the world is set up is there's four factions. So one that Altrana is in, um, it's called Belarius. And so that faction, it's um, kind of like, almost like a tier, like tiers of people. So there's like the ruler, like the grand, per- his name is actually Grandeur. And he um, is like, I guess like you could similar to like a king, like he's not a king, but like, that's like the similar idea. Right. Um, there's like him. And then he has like, like division leaders they're called under him. And there's so many of them. And then there's like subdivision leaders, which Altrana is in that category. 
And then like each subdivision leader has like two people on their team. And then the land is like, there's like a town um, or like a city, I guess it is for each faction. And then they have like a bunch of land. So the whole country is basically split into, I mean, there's some parts that aren't part of a faction, but the vast majority of the country that they live in is one of the four factions. Okay. So okay. it's like a, you know, northeast, southwest, like part of the yeah. country is each so one of the factions. The city kind of like, you know, like castle, whatever, in the middle. And like the rest of the city kind of stems out. So or like they're that? kind of more hidden. So because you don't. Because it's kind of more, more like outpost um, than like actual yeah, like right. outposts or like some of them mm -hmm. can be like in depending on the faction and like what land it's in. There's like cave systems for some of the factions to kind of keep them more <laughs> okay. hidden because you don't want other fa other factions to obviously invade you. And you yeah, want to sure they can't get into your whole city where all of your like leaders and everything are. So it's kind of like kind of hidden. Um, and then they have a bunch of land, but some of them aren't like there's one that's in a desert. So that one's not really very hidden. The city so it depends like what the land is that they have okay um and then you have the city and then land and then each like and then the land is divided into the divisions which the division leaders own that and then each division is like divided out into subdivisions so basically there's people that live in these like areas but they're pretty like not like desolate or poor kind of so those people are like mostly the oppressed people if you're living in the city, you're like working for the faction, basically. So Altrana and her team and all those people live in the city part. So you're basically just keeping the order of the people that are in the land of that faction that are basically being oppressed. Okay. Um, and so, and you're also, if another faction is invading you, you're fighting against them. Yeah. So it's kind of set up like that. Okay. That was like off topic of character development, but I just thought it was... Like necessary for me fully understanding yeah. the story. Yeah, that's really interesting. I feel like I actually just started to understand a lot more. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's like kind of how it's set up. Got? <laughs> it's like a Fallout yeah. game, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it it's, it's Fallout of uh, yeah, okay. Kaiser's Legion had taken over. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Steve. Though I've taken up enough time. Yeah, no, 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 no problem. We asked you like some questions. We're like, hey, real quick, explain your entire world. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You responded like, in kind. <laughs> that was important. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. The context is everything. Yeah. Um, okay. So, like I mentioned before, I'm talking about two characters. Uh, the first one is unfortunately unnamed. Um, that's because there's not really a chance for the character to really introduce himself. Because um, the story is more about, like, their exploration. Um, this story is based on the concept of, like, an adventure kind of, like, driven by like, this quest for... Uh, for like just general knowledge, one day finds like this like derelict old man, and like upon accident killing him is like plunged deep into the voids of space. Um, so as like the story progresses, like it becomes more and more like an exploration of like existence in, the, in its entirety and whatnot. So the way the character itself kind of came about was I was like, this is like a pretty like grandiose like premise for like a story. I need like a character that can kind of fit that bill. So I kind of had the, the climax like already decided in my mind where like there's a character who's like faced with this ultimate like you have a chance to see like all of like existence and whatnot as long as you like are willing to like, kind of like plunge into like this deeper unknown and the character ultimately decides like they're too terrified to do it. So I was like I want a character who like this would be like seen as like the ultimate like failure of them. So I created this character who was like 
really like grandiose like just as he's exploring it's just like more and more elated and so he's kind of like a more like self-contained character since like his adventure is like more singular where the second character i have rio is also driven by curiosity and the quest for knowledge but it's more muted because it's more of like a an exploration of like hidden knowledge and the eventual like uncovering of that not through just general exploration but through like intrigue to other characters so whereas the first character needed to fill in like a void of like they're going on this like large universe spanning adventure within like an unknown amount of time but they're like constantly like elated by it i wanted like a more muted character who would be able to kind of like bounce off of like other members of the society and kind of like reflect like their difference as opposed to like everyone else in the society um and so like the rio character kind of came about as like a need to like kind of create something that would be easy for the audience to kind of slip into and explore like the somewhat the oddities of like this world you know so that's kind of like how those two characters came about yeah i think that's cool based on julia and i both said we kind of create the world and then create our characters do you think you kind of do the opposite? Uh, no, I don't do like I don't create like in terms of it's definitely I I think it follows what you guys are describing closer than you're you probably imagining. There are some times where, like I said, I have other stories where it's like I have like a cool character idea and I'm like I could build around it. But for these two characters specifically, like if I'm talking like the first story, the leaking infinite infinity working title, I I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of it. Um, I had like this idea of a scene of like where someone's like. They like they stick their hand outside of like the bounds of our universe, and like they're for a split moment. They like they're given like what they've ultimately been seeking, which is like you know the ability to observe it all. But like the sensation of it is so shocking that they recoil from it. And I was like, well, in order for someone to reach that, they'd have to be like a pretty like um, a unique individual, and like they'd have to be able to kind of sell like this whole grand like you know like if i'm trying to explain like i felt like the entire universe in my hand for a second and it terrified me i was like i need to create a character that can sell like i i'm elated by knowledge but what i even i was like this is too much and so it was like the event created like i well i need someone who can sell this and so it was kind of like a pulling back from that kind of like what you guys are saying like building the premise and then like all right i need someone who can properly fill in this premise rio Rio's like a very muted character. He has like personality traits, um, but they're more of like a contrast to like the stronger personality traits of everyone else in the story. Um, so I like I had like this premise for like a grand reveal, which takes place at the end of the story. And I wanted to create a character that could reach that point. Um, and so I was like, what tools would be needed available for this character? So I was like, well, I can make it so this person is like a pseudo celebrity status so they could have connections but not too famous where everyone's like observing their every move. So it kind of like leaves space for where they would have time to kind of like stumble upon like things that are supposed to be hidden to them. While at the same time having the resources to be like, hey, I really want to speak to this person who's really knowledgeable, but not make it look suspicious so I could like kind of reach out to people who could aid in my endeavors. Um, that's kind of like how the basis of Rio came about. And yeah, as really, a, I think that's cool to hear. Cause like, like I, I read the story with Rio Duvac and I think mm -hmm. it's, you definitely formulate it in a way that like creates a world where he is this like pseudo celebrity. That's actually the way you did it was that perfect. I guess I didn't realize that that was like so much of a thought process behind. Yeah. That. 
Um, do we? Do you think that like you? I guess you would have a good perspective. Do you think that'd be better to talk about in the second part of this question, or like right now? Let's just go into it. What's our second part of the question? Oh, I, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I just have one question actually about. <laughs> oh yeah, perfect. Um, so would you say that you created Rio first, or did you kind of have the other personalities that you mentioned, like the other strong personality characters, like in mind, and then yeah. like? kind of create a real kind of after the side characters a little bit or so i guess yeah. um the, like so the like i i talked about this i think in the last episode but uh the sunken planet which rio comes from that story came from like like this little excerpt that i read last episode um and so that is like that is like written by a character who's never actually like met in the story but they drive like everything else that takes place in the story like through their actions basically um so rio i guess would i rio comes from like a kind of like a skepticism or like like kind of like a questioning of like this otherwise unquestioned like dogma of this universe and the like ultimate scene in the movie comes from like someone like kind of like revealing a little bit behind it so those characters like kind of like all formed around the same time and then the other characters were like rio has to kind of move along the path so like I need someone to kind of contrast like Rio's personality to kind of show like the general feeling of society as it is and whatnot. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So I guess, yeah, we'll go on to the next question. So um, what, uh, like in what ways do you give your character depth? Um, so we'll see if you could continue. We'll start with you on this. Yeah. So I guess I'll stay with Rio and then I'll move back to the unnamed adventurer from uh, the, uh, previous story. He's my um, favorite character. Rio? Yeah. The unnamed adventure. Oh, the unnamed adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone adventure. loves him. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. Do his boots so, yeah. so much. The man needs no name. Yeah. <laughs> right, he just like, he carries the story, really. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So for Rio, just a general like idea, like understand of the story is it takes place in the world, like in the future where humanity has kind of like cure death by the actions of like this one doctor or whatever um this leads to a point in the even further future where they decide humans no longer need to like procreate or there's no more need for more humans so after like the last human is born there's no more humans the last human we're introduced to is rio duvex so he is perpetually like the youngest person which is like kind of how he attains his pseudo like pseudo celebrity status i chose this because i wanted to kind of like create an air where there's like a character even though he, to our perspective he's old he's always kind of being talked down to until the moment where he's trusted with this knowledge that like you like it kind of like elevates him to like um kind of like almost like a secret order almost he's not necessarily that but it's like he's got like a forbidden knowledge and no one really should be able to like have so like he is in my mind he's like polite in a way that's like kind of like how like you deal with a customer or like how i imagine like someone who's like oh I, you know i get people always come up to me all the time i don't want to be rude but i don't want to be like super involved so like they're constantly saying like oh it's nice to meet you yeah i'm rio yada 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 um but this is kind of like a facade to kind of hide like behind this like seemingly like upright citizen who's always like formally polite is like someone who's actually like into like what's considered like taboo knowledge it's almost like he's almost like a deviant for pursuing what he's like pursuing which is like pre pre-historic um history but prehistoric is like kind of like redefined by the moment where humans could still die or whatever so i want it to be like 
he's going about and people are like oh like no one no one until like the end introduces him as sir or whatever they're like oh it's real or duvac you know and i was like oh mr duvac it's nice to meet you they're like ah oh, let me tell you something young boy or whatever so he's always like trying to like be like well i'm not that young i'm really here for something important but he kind of like creates like a little bit of like a facade um that he can kind of like work behind that was kind of like my idea behind rio um but like in the story you do read it he is very muted compared to um the unnamed adventurer who like if anyone's ever played like darkest dungeon like i imagine like the guy has kind of like a voice that's kind of similar to that he's like <laughs> found we find him in like these like, like the narrator um, exactly exactly yeah. We find him in like these abandoned ruins, and he's like, "I have nothing but my shadow and my torchlight to accompany me as I plunder to the depths of these uh, abandoned vestiges of humanity." Exactly, and so he's like tossed into like so. Since there's no human interaction, he himself had to be like a very entertaining character, and so like I'm writing sentences, I'm like, "Okay, um, I saw a beautiful star." I'm like, "No, no, no! I saw a grandiose, illuminating ball of inferning flame, or whatever." So like each sentence that I. It's like his development is just basically like take something boring, just kind of like make it so grand. It's just almost like hard to read as like a normal sentence, basically. But I think it, it worked well because like the idea, like after a while, was like he's like plund like plundering into like the depths of a star and like observing the sunlight and whatnot. So like I don't have like normal human words that describe what it's like to kind of like pass through a star and like observe like fire constantly like erupting into like plasma or whatever. So it's like it have to be the language itself has to be like really out there to kind of describe like these cosmic events or whatnot so that's kind of like how i developed that character to be more in-depth basically yeah yeah i love that i feel like that's a cool kind of concept i didn't even think too much about is like the actual language that you're using shifts based on the character which i guess of course it does yeah but that like approach to it is pretty interesting yeah, I'm like like uh, like you mentioned something like that similar when you're talking about uh, Kevin Briggs, right? I'm sure like you have something similar. Do you want to like kind of talk about like, the development of Kevin Briggs versus people? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think for him, like in in contrast to that, like I try to focus on the tone of how the writing is. Like I want him to appear to be more like I mean I said analytical earlier, and I think that's a good word for it. Yeah, um, he's really processing the information that he's seeing and he's almost like robotic in a way like running it through like a computer algorithm what is normal human response yeah right, like, <laughs> right. Oh, this is like what i've noticed other people doing and like you know maybe i've seen this in like a movie and like mm -hmm. you know in the first chapter he is like coming home from work um lives in this like penthouse building um, is about to like go upstairs. His wife calls him and everything. He ignores it. Um, and he goes into like a, like a lobby bar thing where you meet like a, like a mistress who he's having an affair with. Um, I hate him yeah. already. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, gets continuous calls from his wife, Harmony. Finally answers. And the call is her basically like sobbing because in the first chapter, their eldest son kills himself in the apartment. So he, like, like, the action I gave him was, like, he, like, kind of actually just wants to stay in, you know, the lobby bar and, like, pursue this, like, this affair. But mm -hmm. like, he does, and he follows through, and he goes upstairs. Um, the wife is, like, distraught, and he just kind of, like, walks, like, kind of calmly. He does, like, I have him run up to the room. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like, mm-hmm. a moment before going in, and then just kind of like walks over to the room where it happened. And I like try to describe the scene like as him actually looking at what happened as very just like matter of fact, like, like absorbing information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like maybe how like, you know, like detectives are like a police would view a crime scene. Yeah. Like, like, evidence. He, yeah. he shouldn't be, he should be more emotionally invested, but he's just kind of like noticing like blood splatter here. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is the facts. Like, yeah. What is in front of me is this. Oh, uh, gee. I, as you're describing like the scene, like even before like the reveal of like, you know, his son's like dead or whatever. I'm like, I like, like, just like I haven't even read, I, I haven't read the story, but like, I'm just like, he sounds like very like scummy, which is like, I think a great, like, if you were able to convey that like so quickly, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely tough to do because like, I want to have it where like you hear his thoughts through like, just through like the descriptive paragraph, mm-hmm. but then his actions, I try and have as be like human. So then he like, he does kind of like, goes and like hurts his wife after like kind of like holds her yeah um like sounds similar to what steve you know like how we were talking about the words you know developing a character through like the descriptions and the words that they're using i feel like it's kind of similar for what you're doing you know along with the tone you're it's like the way the actual word is using to describe things are very analytical so i think it's similar it sounds like you know it's what we were talking about with steve's too yeah, I think my like the buzz is a far more character-driven story. Like the world is actually pretty irrelevant for that. Yeah, okay. it could almost happen in a vacuum, basically. Right. It's like you know, it's just it's you know, it's Earth. It's nothing fantastical. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I think it's in like New York City is where I have it. Like Makes primarily sense. take place. And then, like, they end up going camping, so the scene changes to just kind of cabin in the woods kind of thing. But yeah, like, your characters, Julie, are far more, like, world-driven. Do you think you use, like, descriptive words kind of like how we're describing it for your characters as well? Or do you think... Because I'm imagining... I'm imagining, like, like, she's just, like, almost, like... I'm going to break this dude's arm or whatever. It's like <laughs> not even like thinking like, oh, you could hurt, you know, it's just like crude, like matter of fact, like I just got to get this done, you know? Yeah. I would say that that's pretty accurate. Um, Steve, she kind of, yeah, she's very like, especially in the beginning, like she changes. This is what I was going to, I don't know if you, were you done? I don't want to take over if you're not. Oh, God. Okay. So the way, yeah, this is kind of what I was going to talk about. Like her, like there's kind of three ish settings. So like in the beginning, she's very like, matter of fact like she's in this faction it's oppressive the whole thing so she is very like um cold angry self-reliant like she has her team with her she has like two people on her team and like they want to help her but she's kind of just like doesn't really like in the back like she tries to care about them but like at the end of the day she's kind of just like do you serve my purpose or do you not kind of thing yeah i see she's not very like um you know, she doesn't really care too much. She doesn't really see her team, even though they're there with her. But then kind of like as the story goes on, I think like her situation changes and that really drives her character development. So um, she finds this organization that kind of has the same goals as her. 
um, as far as like getting rid of the faction system. So as she kind of goes there and sees that there's like other people that like want the same thing she wants and she like they actively are helping her and they want her to help them. She kind of like gets away from like where she was. Like she kind of gets more like, oh, I'm going to be part of this team. Like I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like she kind of warms up, I guess, because she's like, okay, I'm in, I'm here in this organization where we're safe. I'm not near any of the, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but she kind of like the way she leaves her faction and like ends up in this organization. Like she kind of like at this point is like scared that the faction is going to like come after her kind of thing. I see. But, so she kind of is still on alert initially, but then as she the setting changes and she's like, oh, I'm actually kind of safe here for a little while and I can actually plan stuff and be part of this team of this organization, that kind of like develops her and gets her to think more about like what is important to her and like is, you know, all she's known is like fighting violence and all this stuff. So now she's like, oh, like I can actually help. Like she ends up like teaching um about combat and things to the other members and like she kind of like does other things so that kind of shifts for her and then like as it circles back around when they like she ends up back at her faction like you know with the new organization she's kind of like comes back but she's more like i guess successful in her um like ventures because she's not so like negative like only in it for like her survival she's more like open-minded i guess towards the end because she's gone through all that and she sees like what it's like to be part of like a team and caring about other people. So yeah, I think like her situation and like the setting plays a big role into like her character development throughout the story. Yeah. Cause that way you're talking, when you brought up the, like the fact that there's like an anti, like a, a whole organization, but like, she's just like getting introduced and like later on in life. Does it is she rather apathetic before that point? And then she's like, because she's probably thinks like she's one person against the world. Like, I know, like, there's even like real life counterpoints, like, where people realize like their viewpoints aren't like so singularly isolated in their mind, but there's people who share their viewpoint. It kind of allows them to like open up. Does something similar happen, like, in your story of her? Yeah, right. So she's very like, there's like one other character kind of originally when she's in her faction who is interested in like doesn't really know what her goals are, but she's kind of just like, I support you. Yeah, exactly. Like you, it seems like you don't like what's going on. So I'm just going to leave it at that and go with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But like, really that's the only person that like, but she also doesn't really want to get people involved in what she's doing. She probably feels like an outcast until the point she meets others like her. Right. Yeah. And she's also scared that like, because obviously if you're plotting against uh, mm-hmm. organization, they, they're going to want to kill you or something. So she's exactly. like, I don't want to get my team involved because I don't want them to get killed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she kind of was very like, yeah, apathetic, but also like kind of, I guess it's like kind of, a, like I said, she didn't really care about her team, but I guess in she kind of, was a little bit protecting them because she didn't want them to end up killed because they like are in on this plot that she has. Yeah. And then, but then when she moves to, but the organization, it's not like a full fledged organization. Like it's also in progress. Like, Oh yeah, no, I know. exactly. Yeah. I mean, like she's joining it and then they're like, Oh cool. Now we have this really strong fighter and they kind of know who she is. Cause like I said, she's like kind of well known. So they're like, Oh, this is awesome. Now we have this strong fighter. So now this will help us gather more people and help us escalate everything we're doing. Um, but yeah, so she definitely shifts from being like, it's just me. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do this. This place is terrible to, oh, there's other people 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm sure. Was- like, does is there also like a spike in energy that's kind of noticed with her? Because I know, like, 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 it, like, if you kind of like do it as like a real life example, like, it sounds like young, like almost like college age students, like becoming like revolutionaries and like like in the, like the seventies and whatnot, you know, is, is there some, like, and they're like, they kind of fuel each other. Like, Oh, we could do this if, if we combine our efforts and whatnot, you know? Yeah. I think it's kind of like more strategic as well, though. Like they kind of like, she then shares her, like, she's really the only like fighter, not very like high ranking in yeah. like, her faction, Belarius, but she like has like, she has made it her mission while she was there to gather information. So mm. even though she's not very high ranking, she knows a lot about like- Oh, I see, okay. She's been trying to gather information. So she kind of like is sharing her information with them about this is what I know. So you're, cause they had a plan like this, how we're gonna take down this faction. And she was like, that's not gonna work. This is why. So she kind of like comes in and helps like with the strategy side of the whole organization as well. Oh, okay. Is she a, is she a younger character? Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know if I gave her an exact age, but she was probably like, I don't know, like. It's Steve, right? As like, like a college age? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. that actually seems perfect for the story you're telling. Like, yeah, right. I like that thing you talked about where you said like, they had plans and she kind of shows them, but like, that's not going to work. Because I feel like yeah. that could be like a point where like, side, like, like there could be someone who's like, I thought it was a pretty good idea. Because like, they thought it up and like, it kind of like creates a little bit of like, Right, like some side characters start developing. It's like she's not that good, guys. We could have figured this out on our own or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's really cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, um, yeah. So that's her. Um, do we want to move on to? Do we do? Yeah, we do everybody's main characters, right? Yeah, I think we're got those like pretty squared away. Yeah. All right, so let's uh move on to. The side characters, so like I guess how transition we... into side characters. Yeah. Yeah. So let's did you, did you plan that. I... Yeah. So if you do, you tell me, are there any side characters who like as she like develops, they're kind of like they they develop alongside her and like maybe opposing or aligning ways. Yeah. So that's actually, I feel like I have like two kind of like ways, like two types of side characters. I guess. Yeah. So there's like one type of side character that purposefully is like you said developing along with her and so i'll give you an example of this um so there's this one character his name is uh darius and so he is actually like with her in the faction when she originally but he's like a medic so he's not fighting but he like used to be a fighter and then um like decided to stop fighting and become a medic so he's there and then she obviously leaves the faction but then, like, you see later in the story, like, he ends up coming back as a fighter, but, like, more on her, like, kind of, like, still in the faction, but he's, like, we're secretly on your side. So, like, if you guys end up fighting here, like, we're going to switch over to, like, the, your side kind of thing. But, like, he, so he go he, like, was fighting, became a medic for certain reasons. I'm not going to spoil. And then um, he kind of goes back to fighting, but, like, kind of with a different mentality. So there's kind of a development there for him. And the whole time he's kind of trying to be on the same side as Atrana, where it's like in the faction, he's helping her because he's the medic and she always goes to him for help. And then he, in the background while she's like away, um, he kind of is gathering people that like want to support her and also don't like the faction. So then when she's back around, he's like, oh, hey, here, I got these people. We're all here to help you. 
Um, so she, so he kind of develops a little bit to stay on her side throughout the whole thing. So that's okay. like one kind of character. Do you kind of like develop their relationship a lot through through the writing? Like, yeah, it sounds like they like. Is it like a romantic like? No, so or? no, so I like. I'm I glad. Like, I'm glad you said no on that. Uh, <laughs> it's not like, because she's kind of, especially in the beginning. Like I said, not super emotionally attached to the people right. because she's just like in that like that's how she is. Mm -hmm. So um, not really. I mean, like he, they both like kind of like they care about. They're like we want each other to be safe, kind of thing. Yeah. But it's not really. They um, like so like they know each other like for like a long time. Then like yeah. So, so like, another way that I kind of explain backstory is I like to do like um, kind of like flashbacks in dreams so sometimes i like to go through like because mm -hmm. arcana has a lot of like sad memories because she's mm -hmm. so violent so sometimes i have her like dream about them just to like explain the I love a good flash a bit. yeah That's so prime character development it is it really is so yeah. um so yeah so there's one flashback that i have in there describing the first time that the two of them met like he's a shop he's like a shopkeeper as well for like, basically it's kind of like a pharmacy basically mm -hmm. it all man and well he's like a pharmacy type shop like he has medicine and you can go like he'll like he's like an apothecary or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah so they like kind of help each other out they're like friends and stuff um so that's like the one kind of side character and then the other side character are the characters that kind of balance the main character so like so for example like in the faction, she has two teammates. So I kind of have like Atrana's like kind of in the middle of like, you know, personality wise. And then I have like one of the side characters on like kind of one extreme. And then the other side character is like kind of on the other extreme. So like, you know, as a unit, they like balance each other. So there's like her one partner, Bane, he's kind of like more reserved. Like he's just doing his job. Like he's gonna listen to his leader and like, he's kind of looking out for them. And he like kind of does not like a healer because you know they're all fighters, but he like tries to keep them safe kind of thing. And then you have on the other side, the other character, his name is Janine. He is more like kind of hot headed, and he's like gonna go after whatever. And he's like, "How dare you do this?" Or like whenever the upper, like the higher up people are like trying to do something to them, he's like, "You know, how dare you?" Kind of thing. So it's kind of like I try to use the side characters to balance Altrana because she's like in the middle she's a strong fighter but she's you know strategic like she's not gonna like run out and do anything crazy um so yeah so that's kind of and there's other side characters. I'm not gonna go into all of them there's a lot of side characters in this story yeah. but like as she moves on it ends up in the organization there's other side characters that are similar there's like other stronger characters that balance her and then there's like some wild characters that are like out there trying to fight everything and that there is <laughs> kind of go yeah. the whole gambit basically yeah, yeah. so basically yeah. I'm just trying to use the side characters to like balance my main characters my goal. Oh, that's this series good. is the one too that's like it's like many books right no, this is not the series. This, this is one is, okay. yeah, no, no, no. This is just like. It's only 10 pages long, Kate, the whole entire story. <laughs> yeah, everything you hear. <laughs> you should have just read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just one book. It's not the series. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's, we can go to somebody else. I don't know who wants to go. Uh, whatever. Did Kate. you want to talk about some side characters, Steve? Or? Uh, I can go to mine because like, I think your side characters are more like alternative protagonists in your story mine are definitely like their side characters they show for a little bit um yeah um so of the two stories that i brought up 
one character is notably one story is very like intentionally like low on characters like the only other person like the protagonist in the leaking infinity working title uh ever meets is like the old man who dies the second he sees him so not really any development there besides dying um but in in the sunken planet like as i mentioned previously the side characters are kind of there to kind of yeah that, that character is my new favorite character Oh, old man who dies <laughs> and releases Dark Gicker from Skull. Um, no, but in uh, in the Sunken Planet, the side characters, I think there are one, two, there's three side characters that Rio interacts with, not including the like AI units that are in the story, um, who are like, they're robotic and they're just like subservient, basically. Um, and two of the three of them are kind of like, or are set up intentionally to kind of show how Rio is kind of positioned in this society. The first one we're introduced to um, is like actually there's only two I, that really matter. One of them is like the publicist who kind of just helps Rio move along and like kind of like develops up like his backstory that much a little bit, but it's not that important overall. One of them is the archivist he meets, and a uh, second character he meets is like an elder who's been around since like the dawn of like immortality, basically. Um, the first character is um, the archivist who's actually like she's not that much older than Rio, but since Rio is famous for being the youngest she's like giving him advice on like what it's like when she, he gets a little bit older and he's like you're not even that much older than me you're like 40 years and she's like 40 years isn't that long for like if you're like 4,000 years old but you and I are like in our 200s still so it's you know a big portion of our life and so she's kind of condescending to him especially like once they kind of drop the veneer of like oh I'm just someone here to check out like some dad in the archive to like I'm here to look for like you know specifically taboo like forbidden information he doesn't reveal what it is at first and so she's just like oh this guy's like a like a deviant or whatever i i like this what i specialize in i'm kind of like a seedy like peddler of information so she's like you know you dirty little boy or whatever but then like when rio reveals like oh i'm not what i'm interested in is like now that we're secluded i don't know if you have it but i'm looking for like prehistoric information and she like like her revealing previously she has like no qualms about like oh yeah whatever you want i got it to like yeah, you're I looking like, for oh go I on like the idea of like the archivist like showing rio some stuff and rio being like what the fuck yeah and then she's like what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah because like the reaction yeah. is like like that like she's like say like um like when he asks, like she like goes like like pale for a moment, and she's like screaming at him, like you're an idiot. Like I'm gonna pretend I never heard that because like I don't want to get like reeducated. I don't want to get like detained for like decades on end. So I didn't hear it, but you gotta leave immediately. You are an idiot for looking for this because it doesn't exist. It's all been purged, and if it did exist, we'd all be doomed because it's like kind of corrupting. It's a corrupting form of like knowledge, which like shouldn't, which was like purged for a reason. So it kind of like shows like. There are different levels of taboo, and what he's looking for is kind of like considered like the taboo of the taboo. So it kind of like uh, helps balance it out. Um, and the second character, the elder, she is kind of the inverse of that, where they're introduced as like under this like this pretense of like Rio's like interviewing her, like all oh, your you know what we've done is like amazing and whatnot. But later it's kind of revealed that she's like, I know what you're looking for, kind of. Um, and I, if you really want it, I can tell it to you. Because you, you clearly know, uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but you clearly know something's amiss. So I will kind of like, instead of like teasing it out, I'm going to reveal everything to you. And she has like a mannerism of like, 
very like reserved but not like judgmental more of like it's, it's to the point where she's like very wizened but not like to the point of like coming off as old but more as like just mature given her this her status as like an elder kind of like fits pretty well i think so she does like a good job of saying like um being like it, the fact that i'm showing this to you is like you're gonna have to kind of respect how big of a deal it is because i've lived like my entire life not revealing this to people so you should know just exactly what you're getting into and i'm going to treat with the proper respect by doing so yeah the elder was like alive when the yeah alive right yeah so the the doctor who like cured like uh, maybe one day like we're probably gonna do like a reading soon of our different stories at least segments of our different stories yeah um but the doctor dr curious maxwell he um he died like he, he chose not part to partake in the immortality and she was like she worked with dr curious maxwell when he was alive she was actually like older than him but uh when when like they met so like she's even uh, even amongst the elders she's like old amongst them but like what's like a few decades when you live like thousands thousands of years so yeah interesting mm -hmm. yeah yeah i like the yeah. contrast i think it's cool to have like i do that too like to have side characters that like contrast each other yeah exactly yeah, i think it just makes it more interesting so yeah I, I, I like it. they kind of both bookend the different they bookend like the story so like you have like the mirror like kind of split down the middle, which is like really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think like if you just do a segment of that to like talk about on here, I feel like the interview with the elder would probably be pretty good. Yeah. I, but, I'm not 100% happy with the way it's written. But like, uh, I think it's pretty good. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I think that'll be good. You guys can be like, this works. I, Cause Kate did like an initial pass and like yeah. he helped me with my part with, the um with the archivist because i was trying to convey something and he's like i don't it just sounds like they're rio's talking to himself so i redid it and i made it so the point where like the archivist is like being more like has like a more distinct personality and i think it kind of like comes through so i'm looking forward to more of that basically yeah i think that's like that's a really great thing that i think you get rereading yeah um you i think if you kind of approach it with the question in mind of like is this character actually a character? Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. like, I think you can read it and you're like, they're serving a purpose of talking to the main character. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that's relevant in this conversation is the main character. Yeah. But if that's the case, you don't want that. You, you want to mm -hmm. be able to develop that other character. And <clears throat> that builds the depth, I think. Like, yeah, exactly. That creates the world that you're trying to go towards. And I think it, it was helpful having you read it. Because, like, in my mind, I'm throwing voices on top of it. And, like, I can picture what's going on. So, like, I'm, like, there's eye movements and, like, uh, there's, like, gesturing, kind of, like, posturing that kind of, like, create stuff. But, like, as the reader, like, you don't have that. So, you have to be, it has to be built into you. Mm -hmm. And if I don't do a good job of it, you're just going to, like, it's just words, you know, being spoken back and forth. Which I was, like, oh, you didn't see her, like, kind of, like, slam her fist on the desk and be, like, you got to get out of here. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. You didn't write that, so no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all of that happened um yeah yeah, talk, okay, yeah yeah i'll talk a little bit about um my side character so i think you're right i think mine especially in this the, the buzz have a alternative protagonist role um i have other characters of course but mm -hmm. the ones that are relevant are like his wife kids um 
and they all try to represent like in this book some like horsemen of the apocalypse so the main character kevin briggs is who i think you'll get the primary point of view from um and he represents like death but all of them represent like something some conflict and i think with the others i just kind of try to use them to show how do they process with their own flaws like what is going on with this like you know their, their father figure who like they look up to and has like such an important like role not only in the family but also like in the horsemen of the apocalypse kind of thing so mm-hmm. like feel like death is a big one I, I think they all have like a pretty like deep story to them. Um, but I definitely think I use them to have like the biggest impact on like the development of the primary character. So Tony Briggs is like the youngest son. And I think he's like pestilence is how I like represent him. And I represent that through like drug abuse. Yeah. So like has been like abusing drugs, got clean. They like go to this cabin. And at the cabin, a bunch of stuff like starts to like trigger their flaws. Um, so he finds like drugs and like he like, you know, starts using again while at the cabin. Um, Kevin, the main character, is a very like focused individual. So like he's worked very hard to like achieve like success in like what he does um, and has made like a fortune doing it. And then like he sees his son who, he already, like, because he doesn't have, like, emotion, like, doesn't really care for it. He knows he's his son. Yeah. But, like, actually doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, one, like, major turning point is they're, like, outside of the main cabin. And Kevin, like, encounters Tony, like, using. And basically, like, this is the first time he kills anybody is he ends up killing his son, like with like a belt like strangles them oh geez um, okay because i feel like i like when you have like your main bad guy have like you know like an iconic kind of weapon like freddy krueger's got the claws you know mm-hmm. yeah like, so i wanted his to be like a belt uh, like i got you I like, yeah i think that's pretty badass like i feel like i could see the imagery there mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely it has like the scissors so i like that a lot that's like a scene that i i haven't written it yet it's like that's in the in the works. Oh, dude, that's all my stuff. So I can. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, think that Kate throughout the story, like you said that in the beginning, Kevin is kind of like pretending like he's always like a psychopath, but he's pretending to like have emotions. But do you feel like throughout the story as like the he starts killing people and like the psychopath part kind of like comes out more in his actions? Do you think that he like views the other characters differently as the story goes on or like interacts with them differently as the story besides killing them but you know what i mean like do you feel like his thoughts change i think like i do want to kind of have a build up to it like as he realizes that like almost how little he does care he's been playing the act for so long like his entire life um but i think he's just gonna like see and it's almost gonna be like more of like a like passionate kill than like serial killers are like he's killing like his yeah. son which i mean that's you know that's not something that serial killers typically do to right. my knowledge correct me if i'm wrong but, but well i know like a lot of like serial killers like um i guess it depends but there have been like famous ones who have like 
it's usually more directed towards like like a lot of times like their mothers or whatnot so like stuff like that but i'm not yeah. sure if i'm feeling like, like this one like in with kevin briggs mm-hmm. i want it to basically be like you know I like, I don't respect you. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you aren't living up to like the caliber that I expect in like human, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So, like, it doesn't matter that it's his son. Like, or maybe it does. Like, maybe it's like, you are my son and like you're such a disappointment kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like, and that's going to kind of like set him off. Like, and this whole time too, he like hears this like faint buzzing, and it's gonna be throughout the entire story. Um, mm, okay, that like is actually slowly like driving him mad. So that will be another like major development thing throughout. Is like he's like out in this woods, which should be like super like tranquil, but there's this like background noise that he like can't stop hearing. Um, I don't know. We can talk about this later. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Um, So I had like a couple different ideas and of exactly what it is, but my first initial thought, I'm kind of moving past it, is they were essentially like abducted by aliens and they've been doing these like Mm, tests. Okay. How they interact to like really awful stimuli. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so almost like a trial on like humans to see like how they act. Um, mm-hmm. The other thought I had was basically the company that Kevin Briggs works for is like a tech company. Um, Ooh, okay. And the technology that they're working on is this like almost like a virtual reality where you can like go into another world and you can like live whatever fantasy you desire. Mm-hmm. Um, so. As of right now, they've developed it, and it's something you can do, but it's, like, short-term. Like, it's, like, you sitting down and playing a video game. Yeah. What they're working on now is, and it's not, like, immediately clear. Like, that's not on the market or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, like, his family doesn't necessarily know that that's the reality. But you'll find out later that, like, oh, like, we have completed this. Like, what we're working on now is a way to put you into this virtual reality and then also, like sustain your body so you don't ever need to leave the virtual reality oh okay i got um, it yeah, yeah yeah so oh the matrix and stuff like that yeah yeah so <laughs> my, my thoughts are like i don't know if i want kevin to be like in the virtual reality and like his basically like like fantasy life is being able to be like a fully actualized serial killer um but i got some like Pretty dark moments in it. No, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Like at one point, like the wife, the wife is, um, I think, I think like pestilence, and I'm gonna do it through mental disorder. Oh, so I thought like, uh, the son was pestilence. Yeah, this, yeah. Are, um, famine. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, sense. Yeah, well, you, I thought you said, uh, because I thought she had like anorexia. I thought you said so. Uh, like, like some sort. Oh, okay. I thought you said someone had like an eating disorder. Um. I don't think so. No eating disorders. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, so yeah, say there's someone like they're like allergic to gerbils, and that was their like horseman thing, right? <laughs> You're like, yeah. no, did not say that. <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> Sequel, book two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the buzzing. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, I, I think the characters definitely 
all have their own importance to it, but mm -hmm. it all just, I try to all tie them into like, they're just so connected, I think. Yeah. You approach it. Yeah. It sounds like you're like, there's a fine line, I guess, between like what's a side character and what's a main character in your story. Because if you're, you know what I mean? Cause you're writing from all of their point of views. So they're all like almost main characters, you know, cause you're telling a story through them too. Like they're probably like main characters of their chapter, and then they meet like yeah. Like in that story, like then like Kevin, it just probably becomes like the ultimate like antagonist in that like shorter story, basically. And so he becomes a side character who like introduce like is introduced like at the end or something as he like becomes like their arbiter or whatever, you know. So like a true like pure side character is like in the first chapter. I have like an elevator man. Yeah. There you wow. go. <laughs> and like. I, I think it's a great segment. I love it. But <laughs> it's basically like Kevin goes into the elevator and he's on like floor, like I don't know, like 39 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so he's like having small talk with this elevator man, but like it like infuriates him. Like he doesn't want to have this conversation at all. Uh, so like, uh, I, got I say yeah. like I'm doing the conversation and then like as it hits another floor, I like say the floor number. Like, just <laughs> counting it down yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically the reason he stops at the lobby bar to like run into this like mistress is like not because he's interested in that either but because he doesn't want to continue this conversation yeah. with the elevator this is my four this is my four i'll talk to you later <laughs> yeah, gotta go back. <laughs> actually stop here yeah <laughs> that's, that's really good so hey. yeah. uh who wants to go first on what are we calling this? Is this off the papyrus? Off, off the yeah, papyrus. Who right. <laughs> wants to rattle off some questions for the off the papyrus? I, I only have one, so if anybody else has somebody go. I, I have I have two. Like well, studio, yeah. well, I have one. It's for both of you guys, and it's a comment for Cade. Cade, as I was hearing you talk about Kevin at, at the first part, it reminded me, um, I think maybe you've read it, uh The Stranger by, by Albert Camus. I did read this straight. Yeah, because you know, like, it, like it's like told from his like not like necessarily his perspective, but he's just like, you know, like it's different because like he's not a serial killer or anything, but like everyone's like it's like trying to convey like, wait a minute, you don't think this is weird that you're like, yeah, you know, my mom died, so I was like, hey, everyone, how's it going? Ooh, you're pretty. <laughs> it's like that, you know, like I don't know, I don't know why, but it's just that well, kind of popped in my head. Great, no, I love yeah. that. That's a great comparison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So, just the, uh, this is a question I wrote down when we were talking about like Julie's characters. Just like naming, very important for the characters. Like the name makes or break a character. How long do you guys think about your character's name, and like how do you actually come up with names that you're satisfied with? Well, fo follow up question: How did you come up with the unnamed man? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was a stroke of genius and a, re a real epiphany. I, there I was sitting in a bench on a midnight day looking at the stars when i said who is man but unnamed creatures on this planet so yeah <laughs> he epitomizes all of us basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so i guess for me i um so i don't know i kind of like i like how names are like how they look on yeah paper. i don't know if that's weird uh, like, i know i see like, saying, i like yeah. how they look on paper so sometimes i'll like spell names kind of weird or something or i'll just like write it down and then i'll be like oh i like you know 
what that looks like. And then, um, so sometimes I'll do that. I also like, um, I, I don't know, I kind of go by the first letter of that name. Like I'll be like, I want this person to have a name that starts with like a consonant or a vowel. Like, okay. know, just like kind of like, so I guess I also go by like how it sounds kind of. I don't know. I kind of play with names. I don't really have a problem. I got you. I Fair enough. Look. You don't have to have like a defined thing, you know? So yeah. like, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I also like other languages too. So sometimes I'll look up words. Like if I'll be like, oh, this character is like a really happy character. So I'll be like, they kind of remind me of like the sun or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll look up other, like what words are mean that in like other languages. And yeah. That kind of as well. Um. Yeah. I struggle. I change the names of my characters. Yeah. Kevin Briggs will probably not be the final product. <laughs> yeah, fair um, enough. Fair enough. <laughs> like, I think at first it's just the names are frustrating to me. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like names of like cities or something like that. I definitely will like go through and I'll be writing and then I'll put in italics unnamed city. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come back later. Like, just because, like, I feel like I can develop the, like, if I have kids ever, like, they're going to be unnamed. <laughs> <weeks. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just going to be like, small Cade. Small Cade. Not yet fully developed Cade. Yeah. <laughs> it's like two-year-old Cade is your name forever. And you're like, sir, you're 32. <laughs> Do you have a method, though, Steve, for getting uh, yeah, it kind of varies depending on what the story is. Um, for the D&D campaign, going to that for a little bit. Because, like, that's where I had to, like, go through the list of, like, a lot of names. Brutal. Yeah, that one was, like, um... When you meet a character you didn't anticipate? Yeah, oh, <laughs> ignoring that, ignoring that. When, like, <laughs> when I was thinking of, like, characters for the campaign, in my mind, like, the campaign was, like, very, like, is it Neapolitan the correct term? Where it's, like... I didn't want it to be kind of like identifiable as like once, like I didn't want like, oh, the island is like loosely based off of Europe or so I wanted the name to kind of be like a blend of like different like regions. So like they're all like you could kind of think that like none of the names are like, well, not none of the names, but a lot of the names weren't like like set surnames. It'd be like a combination of like different words and whatnot. Um, Does Neapolitan extend beyond the ice cream flavor? Like is that? Yeah. You're thinking of, (laughs) and then it's spelled two different ways. It's like educate me. I'm not. I'm not aware. I can like look. Neapolitan it up is an ice cream, but isn't there like it's like there's like two different spellings for it. So like Neapolitan is actually in reference to like maybe hyper cultural. No, uh, it's like no. I think yeah, Neapolitan is like native to Naples. So maybe I'm thinking of cosmopolitan. Oh, uh, I think maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan does not sound right. I, I don't know. think that's right either. <laughs> what is it called when it's like? Uh, diverse. I don't know. I don't know. I, like, like a, I think that's an awesome way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like just like a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of strawberry. I mean, yeah, throw it in there. <laughs> there's got to be. There's something. I'm thinking of a word. This is very know. bad for like on like my creative right. I don't know words. <laughs> See, surprise. Oh, uh, but um. But I said something. Look at how embarrassed we would be. Yeah, like this dude think <laughs> dude makes ice cream. Everyone in his world is from Naples. <laughs> uh, Naples but, no. <laughs> but um, I I like that, and also like I have certain like like where Julie said like hers were based off of like like the way they look like uh, written down. Mine is more of like 
I kind of like imagine names that kind of like convey in my mind a certain like sense when like I say them out loud in a certain voice or whatever. So like if I'm like if I'm thinking, for example, I want this character to kind of like portray power in my like my um my campaign, they'll have like a very like I'm trying to think of like a good name from like my campaign. King of and, Pandora. Well, yeah, the king that's somewhat yeah. different. But for example, like uh Maxwell Tallmain, I wanted to kind of convey that he was like um older and like kind of like uh, that one's kind of like that's a little bit too literal for my what's sense jim, what's jim jam what was his oh like? okay jim jam jim jam brick break that was okay jim yeah, jam that, brick break. That's, yeah that's more of like a joke family name because they're all like you know just like yeah 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 it's rhymes and everything but yeah so uh and i think for like other stories like rio i was just looking for like names that are kind of like somewhat conveyed like futurism but also kind of like conveyed like parts of our culture kind of like fused like as like time progressed like you know it wouldn't be identified as like it's like a spanish and it's just kind of like i'd assume like language was evolved to because even nowadays like you know greet someone half the time you'll use like a different like greeting from a different language so i can convey that as time progressed like languages kind of fuse more and more together so like rio is like a very like rio just means river in spanish or whatnot so yeah i don't know just basically go around like trying to think of like a like powerful powerful sounding but like unique names because i don't like like i don't want it to be like oh it's kind of like an illusion of this i want it to be like i don't i've never heard of that name before or whatever you know what other yeah. uh, what other papyrus questions we got um so i have one for okay so we'll start i have two questions so one was for kate so in your story i just was thinking like for kevin did he have like like are you portrayed i mean i don't spoil anything but like as he starts like killing people, is it like one breaking point, or do we see him like slowly lose his mind, kind of thing? I was curious about that. Well, it's gonna be like like that buzzing noise is going to like just continue to build up. So the first one will be his the son that he kills, um, yeah. and then like that's probably gonna be the point in the story where there's like a major shift. <clears throat> so okay. you know, happy family camping is now like you know what happened to Tony. And there's other weird things going on too. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be kind of like a, a climax scene where like these people have like broken into the house and have like, like, I think at this point, like one of the daughters would also be dead. Um, and like the wife would be like, and like maybe like the other daughter would be like tied to these chairs in like the basement with these like people who have broken into the house also there. And then like, Kevin like comes downstairs and he like, you know, sees the people, like sees his family tied up and like, you know, you know he's gone by this point. In terms mm -hmm. of the but okay. like he's not thinking about like any of that. He's like the buzzing starts to get like really bad. And he's just like basically like shouting, like, what is this buzzing? Like doesn't give a yeah. shit about anything else around him. Okay. Uh, so uh, like combination of both. Slowly losing his mind and breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that uh, I, I, I think it's an awesome. I'm really excited about this story. No, it sounds like. Oh, it sounds good. I'm excited. Yeah, that sounds really cool for like a climax. Yeah, people oh, yeah. Are like, what's yeah. he talking about? Wasn't? You know, yeah, right. Like, because <laughs> right now I think I'm doing, like, a chapter dealing with harmony. Yeah. And, like her issue is like depression, um, and she's basically like, not handling the death of her son. Yeah. Right. Like, so you see, like, the opposite. Like, Kevin is, like, back to work in, like, a day. And she's, like, doesn't leave bed. 
grief stricken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sees like hallucinations of her son. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. And like one of the things that are going to be visiting the house is like actual version of her dead son. That's gonna be like. Ooh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Oh, that's wild. Okay. So nice. All right. So yeah. Uh, Steve question. Uh, yeah. So like, I was curious. Um, so like with the um, like the unnamed the unnamed character. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering, like, does the like like so you said that a lot of like his personality and stuff is like in the language and like the words that you're using. Mm -hmm. So I was curious, like, as the story goes on, like, are you using? Is it like more descriptive? Like, how you know what I mean? Because I feel like if he's like getting more excited about what he's seeing, is it like how like more? Um. So yeah, like, um, kind of, but like, it's more of like just like in the beginning, like he's not really describing. Like he, the story starts off. He's in like a like an unnamed underground ruin, and so there's not really like anything like that exciting to describe but even then like the way he's he's not saying like oh i'm here all alone he's describing like the only company i have is my torchlight and like and like when the man dies he like he's like um he he describes it in a very like verbose ways but like as the story progresses he just has more he can describe and he's like a lot he's got a lot more things he's taking in so like it's just more of like he's got like um He's spoiled for choice until like kind of like what to like kind of convey to the reader basically. Whereas like there's only so many ways you can say like it was dark. Um, I had the torchlight. My shadow was dancing in odd ways as the like embers kind of flickered about, you know. So like comparing like he's like in this like un like the secluded part of Earth to like he's like whizzing past galaxies and like 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 seeing like the manifestation of like creation before him and whatnot. It's kind of like allows him to kind of just be like he's even he's like grasping for like how do i convey to you what like, i can barely describe you know so yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. awesome yeah. Mm -hmm. did anybody else did you say it has a papyrus right yeah what's your yeah, i feel like so i was just wondering like i mean i talked about like i think we all kind of mentioned briefly on it but do you think you try to develop like a pivotal scene to trigger the character development and do you try to like work towards that as you go yeah, like like a climax. Yeah, basically, right. Yeah. Well, I guess character development doesn't really happen because it doesn't need to be like story climax. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, it doesn't like. I'll go with mine because mine is like more simple. Like my characters are like in the stories that are character driven. They're not even like really that character driven. So like not like Rio. He remains like rather constant throughout the story. It's more of like he like gets different ideas, but like the story's short enough that it's not like he has like this fly he's overcoming he's just like i have a question i'm looking for an answer and then he gets the answer so like there's no scene where it's like he suddenly breaks and he's like i am now realized rio basically the story ends once he like his information is kind of revealed to him basically i think it's um, a little harder for you since you do such like short pieces mm -hmm, yeah exactly the character doesn't necessarily develop like, yeah it's more of like building to like a scene or just if it's a story that's like got like a cool narrative to it it's building to a scene but like other than my some of my other stories are just like hey like i have like this one story like i haven't written down much for it it's just kind of the outline but it's just like going through like the life cycle of like this large space bug basically and it's like you know it starts off as like a giant like it starts off as like a little egg planted in a planet and then it hatches 
then it goes to a black hole and it mates and the cycle continues basically there's no like no like uh i want the way the story to be told is kind of almost like a nature documentary kind of thing yeah. where like it starts off where like it describes like the size of these beetles and like like ooh, beetles is kind of like they're not beetles but they're like you could almost imagine like beetles. large like intergalactic beetles but like they're massive and like you know the way they mate they're like they're floating around black holes and they expend a lot of energy to not fall into the black hole and whatnot and then like the mother like goes off to like an early like hardly formed planet and she like enters the atmosphere and like the, like the organic material that she kind of sheds as she enters into like the atmosphere and lays the eggs actually spawns the life which then like turn the plant into more uh, a more hospitable place for like the eventual hatching egg and then like the creature hatches absorbs all the organic material then it goes off eats other plants and then it goes and does the same thing that the mother did or whatever Steve, i feel like your short stories would make like a good episode of like rick and morty like interdimensional. oh yeah, yeah. I, that's a good that's a good way of putting it yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah julie what do you think do you have do you because the longer stories I think definitely tie in more to it. Like, yeah, almost like a necessary at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Tony for me, like the death of Tony is like a good character development, like moment, but I don't think that's the climax of the book. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think for the factions and Altrana, so um, basically, like, it's probably when she leaves the faction. So, I guess I'm not intentionally building up to it though. Like I think like she's just like does like she she didn't have an intention of leaving her faction. She kind of was like put in that situation. Cause basically there's like, I don't want to spoil it, but there's like something that happens where like I said, like she kind of has to leave, otherwise the faction is gonna be like hunting her down to kill her because of this event. So like that's kind of, I guess, because now she has to kind of rely on other people because, like, she has to go somewhere else. So that's kind of, I would say, like, what starts. Because before that, she's just kind of, like, apathetic and, like, all that kind of stuff. So I guess that would be, like, a, a major turn for her. But I don't think – I think it's more of a circumstance. Like, I'm not – she's not, like, waiting for an opportunity to leave. So it's kind of like – I don't know. I'm not really like intentional. I don't know. Like, it's it's not necessary. Yeah. Needed. Yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. So. Is that like? Did we do off the papyrus yeah. last episode? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Just making sure. Okay. Perfect. All right. So I guess next time on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next uh, time on around what what are we called? The <laughs> right, around. Uh, right around. Yeah. 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 Like fucking three. Yeah. Or podcast. What? I'm upset. Sorry. Um. I don't even know. Did we decide? <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> next time on the Writer on Podcast episode three, we will be going over world building, kind of app com comparing what we've uh talked about today but we're going to go more into depth and in not developing the individuals but the worlds that they live in how we kind of give the worlds that these characters inhabit life and kind of the tools that we use to kind of just make it so instead of just being words on a paper you're transported to a different location um but that's it for today thank you for joining us and we will see you guys the next time